252 of the Saturn Studs podcast. I'm Kurt, joined this week by my poorly animated co-hosts, Peter and Jake. That's right, Kurt. And of course, this week we're coming at you with the Infinite Mirror Hallway Edition because it is episode 252. It's like the you know front and, front and backwards, you know, like mirrors in an infinite hallway. Get lost forever. That's a message to you, the viewer. Get lost forever. <laughs> <laughs> don't come back no more get, get lost in our podcast for you here. I don't want you to watch my episodes. videos anymore <laughs> I don't want to play with you anymore <laughs> just drops the toys sad times just like the fucking movie we watched cause we're coming at you live from a pit of despair inside Jake's mind cause we watched a bad movie <laughs> But Jake, we watch bad movies all the time. I don't know. We've seen For... some of the worst movies ever made. You know, you ever just watch a movie that just hits different? Like, <laughs> yeah, Jujitsu was one of them. Just... Like, it just that like hit different. It was like bad, and it was like rough to get through. But like, there was a part of you that kind of enjoyed the the dumbness. And Nick Cage brought a little pizzazz to it. You're like, what's he gonna do next? Is he gonna die? He did. He did it. He did the thing. He died. How many lines is he gonna have in the movie? <laughs> but then we watch another one, and it's more recent. It's, it came out, and it's like, wow, something Barely. should not see the light of day, and the, the people who made this movie should feel bad about it. So, um, when we we didn't know what to. We were going to review this week, and it got to Friday, which is always a bad call. Usually, we try to have this pinned down by Wednesday, so we're all scrambling. No one's committing to anything because it's like I don't really fucking care. So we don't, we don't want show. to give yep. a full review on WandaVision with the, without the last episode. Nope. Yeah. So Kurt spun the wheel so, of prizes from Eric Andre, and it spun for five hours. <laughs> and when it when it finished, it landed on Tom and Jerry on HBO Max, and. And uh, I described it as that travesty of the new Tom and Jerry movie is out on HBO Max. Yep. And to which Peter, yeah, I I said it, I gave it a dejected a... yes because you know the you know the last mission of Mass Effect two, it's like that but for us. Like we knew when we were going in that we weren't going to come out all all in one piece, <laughs> but we we went in anyways. We had to do I it. I left a piece of myself behind, like. I put effort into watching this. I didn't finish it, but I put effort into watching it. I had to go back through our text messages, find the login information for HBO Max. Like I like <laughs> That's the that's the legit sigh right there. <laughs> uh, like it was premeditated. Um, this was a premeditated I, watching. This movie, I will and say <laughs> Um I have some I have some interesting takes on this movie. Uh, one uh, is that it is very compatible with some new cocktails that I made yesterday. It's very compatible with alcohol. Um, and I think I know, I think I've got the number on this movie. I know why, why it is. And I will share my conspiracy theory on Tom and Jerry with you all in 
like a half an hour, hour maybe, when we get to this movie. Hour. Yeah. Um, about an hour maybe into this movie, I texted the group and said, I would rather watch Jiu-Jitsu again than sit through another minute of this soulless abomination. I would help But there were 40 sequel. more minutes left in the soulless <laughs> abomination. Soulless. Was, soulless I, was the I best I sat way through it all. Yeah, like, uh, no, no, no one gave a shit on this movie. It was very apparent. Everyone here was just collecting a paycheck. Um, and, and impossible to determine who the target audience for this movie was. Oh, oh I know um, who the target audience for this movie was. But you'll have well, to tune in later to, to find out. Hear your theory on that. Um, but I've got some theories about what movies are going to be good and what movies are going to suck based solely on one to three minute snippets of them uh, called a trailer. Such called because they used to come at the end of the movies, but no one would stay. So they moved them to the beginning of movies. Everybody had shit to do. And they became previews. Um, but we have a segment called Trey Watch where we go through and look at all the relevant trailers to the world as we see it and give you our assessment on whether or not the movie's going to suck. We'll start with a, a returning uh, genre staple, which is a zombie movie with the words of the dead in the title. Mm-hmm. And uh, if... If that wasn't enough to hook you, it stars Dave Bautista. And if you're like, oh, wow, I'm interested in this now. Here comes the cold water. It's written and directed by Zack Snyder. It's, you know. I found it funny when they were like from the director of Man of Steel. Like they were trying to say, this is, look at his accolades. Look at this shit. Look at all he's done. All these good movies he's made. Are you hooked yet? I would. He should have said for the director of Three Hundred, honestly, because this is. This seems like this was a sort of screenplay or something that was floating around beforehand, or it was a comic or something that he wanted to adapt. And it's, it's, I, I can feel the Zack Snyder on this. I just, I, I don't. I can feel so, it just melting me away. I don't care. I'm dissolved. I can feel the runtime increasing. <laughs> a little, <laughs> the movie that wouldn't die. <laughs> a little, uh, a little background information on why this is personal to me. This movie, it's kind of close to home. Okay. <clears throat> is um, one of the uh, supporting actors. I, I I don't know how big of a role he had, and I don't know who replaced him. Uh, in this movie was going to be the comedian Chris D'Elia, who I find very funny. Uh, he has a podcast. Uh, he also, about eight months ago, gotten some hot, hot water when uh, he was the victim of cancel culture. And without getting into too crazy details, he didn't do anything illegal. Um, he just, you know, hooked up with fans. Uh but he lost this acting role um and he's kind of an up-and-coming actor even though he's kind of in his like 40s uh but he was comedian first actor second and this was kind of his like big like intro into the acting world and because of the controversy he faced 
uh, they like just cut him from the movie, and he was like filming so they, it like already. Well, I'm surprised because the, the thing that surprised me about this is that um, you would put a comedian in a Zack Snyder film. It's like the 180 rule, but with faces. Like if your face goes up, that's 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 wrong. But he directed Watchmen, which had a character called the comedian in it. Which is which is what I'm wondering if if because this is the whole mystery is I'm wondering if Crystalia had like a comedic role or if he had like ambitions to be a serious actor and like had like an action role in it. I I have no clue. I have no clue what his like job in this was gonna be. Uh and and I guess we'll never know, uh, because they just yeah. Swap so this them out. is actually this is a bit of a homecoming. In addition to uh, Man of Steel, they point out that uh, Zack Snyder directed the uh, God. When did that movie come out? Two thousand four remake of Dawn of the Dead. Oh yeah, and that's the highest rated movie. He's directed on Rotten Tomatoes. He's like, shit, I gotta I gotta bring it up. At, I got seventy five percent uh fresh rating. He was a producer and one of the writers on Wonder Woman, which is his highest overall at ninety three percent, but he didn't direct that, so I don't count it. Mm-hmm. He was there literally just um, to make sure that the her her fucking contrast values matched up with the ones in Batman v Superman. Like is she <laughs> okay, is she grim way- enough? Do we turn the knob down enough? I have input on this. I have to. I think. I think he made this entire movie and released it to Netflix just to promote the Snyder cut or to cover his ass if it bombs. It's like I. Have, yeah. It's like I have to sell my zombie to make this movie to sell my ass. <laughs> Johnny may be vampire. <laughs> so I think. I think his role was probably like comedic relief because um, they replaced him with another comedian. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Who they uh, with? Tig Tig Nataro. I've heard of that person. Uh, I need to yeah. see their face. Sounds vaguely familiar, but I don't know that I. T Y G. T I G. T I G. I see. I know of this person, but I don't know of anything. Holy crap! You've had work done. I don't even. I like the Google image where they compare her to uh, Tom Cruise. Yeesh. <laughs> um. Anyways, she's like, "Mom, so... can we can we get Tom Cruise?" And mom says, "No, yeah, we Tom have Tom Cruise, Cruise at, at home. home, and this is Tom Cruise at home." <laughs> this is the dollar store version yeah. of Tom Cruise. <laughs> It breaks yeah. out well, there, three weeks. You know what? There it is. I, I see her smiling, and it's she can do a full smile, but it doesn't doesn't go up. It doesn't break the you 180 degree rule of Zack Snyder's faces. <laughs> that's how he casts now. I wonder what her theta level that's is. Why, is it like that's why they had the CGI Cruise? in Justice League. How, how many fights she has? It wasn't because yeah, of the that's mustache. What we really want to know. I just realized it wasn't because of the mustache. He would have cast Henry Cavill with the mustache, but he smiled too much in that movie. So they had to say, cut his lip out. (laughs) We have to destroy this favorite. My favorite part of this bit is how Peter's having his epiphany 
while Jake and I are having a side conversation about how many fightings <laughs> this woman has. <laughs> Cut a lip off. We're all just we're just going off in our own directions here. <laughs> just like I assume this movie will go off in its own direction. Yeah. Oh, this we might as well just bring it back to the Army of the Dead, um, which I will be boycotting because of those reasons. Um. <laughs> I think I think he's gonna make this movie. I think everyone's gonna be boycotting this movie just on the premise that no one's gonna watch it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's gonna be buried deep in Netflix's catalog. They're gonna try to say it's top ten in the U.S. today, but no one's gonna believe it, and no one's gonna watch. It's gonna it. be a product of the algorithm. I yeah. think he made this movie specifically to address the the idea of. Why doesn't the army just show up and kill all the zombies? Why doesn't the army just blow them up? Gosh. Yeah, but it's weird because... Zombies. It's, he's like, uh, no! No, because actually the zombies, are too, there's too many of them. And it's in, it's like in Vegas, too. But but yeah, no one yeah. shoots... No one no one rides a vending machine over an army of zombies. No one There's, there's no one pulling the, the lever and the fucking severed fingers come out. I mean, what is this movie, even? There's no zombie blackjack dealer, so he goes, hit me. And then Dave Batista brings the shotgun, he's like, got it, boom! And he shoots the zombie in the face. What is I really it? hope this movie is Such more... Such things require creativity. And, and it looks like it is in, in certain parts. Because um, this was just a teaser trailer, so we didn't really get to see a whole lot of it. Um, I think this is like post-apocalyptic. I don't think it's like a major part is going to be happening during the actual attack. Which I kind of prefer. What? We've seen too many. I imagine this is a loose sequel to his Dawn of the Dead movie. Could be. So yeah. if I had to guess, it takes place after the events of that movie in which there's already zombies everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm done with that. And, and again, there's no. The other. The other. The one other Vegas thing I think is we need. Uh, well, two other. We need someone dying and strapped to a buffet table and zombies buffet his guts out. Because Vegas buffets. And also, we need a Neil Breen zombie. Yes. You can't have... You can't make a movie in... He's like the Don, right? You can't make a movie in his territory without paying proper tribute to him, which is putting him in your movie. It's an army so Zack Snyder... of the dead. <laughs> who who am I? Systems of government. <laughs> Three, I have taken control. <laughs> 3D printed virtual intelligence. Oh wow. Um next up we got Luca. Oh Luca. yeah. It's uh it's it's the Pixar movie this year for boys. You have Raya for girls. This one's for the boys. You can tell because of the movies they 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 singled out, like Toy Story and uh, Coco, and uh, one other one, Inside Out. That was the other one. Yeah. yeah so this is. I I don't want to I don't want to alarm you guys, but I think I've figured out the 2020 the 2020s visual aesthetic, at least part of it, and it's felt. Everything's felt, because we're gonna have. Spoilers, there's there's news for Pokemon coming up. There's the new Breath of the Wild. Not the new Breath of the Wild, sorry. The new uh, Link's Awakening. We got yeah. this. And based on those, solely those three pieces of evidence, 
I will establish the entire 2020s decade uh, oh. um, visual style is being oh, looking like okay. tiny, tiny felt things with the little stubby arms. I'll just Google it. What's up? What's up with felt? What's what's up with felt? Um, yeah, I'm gonna look. What's up with felt? Ooh, wee. Says, what up with felt? What up with calling the FBI? Stay where you are. Oh, I think we know right too way. much. Oh, the second the second uh, result is Arizona ballots will be counted if marked with Sharpie's felt tip markers. Why is there politics in my felt? Get politics out of my news. I got really excited because I the the second search result was uh 2021 felt bicycles and i was like oh felt bicycles you say it's just a brand of bikes this fucking new york times article got me so confused for a second because it was the different version of felt so imagine so read this i'm gonna read this headline but imagine i'm talking about the arts and craft product she craved and salt she craved salted felt nauseated for months what was wrong I was like, "What do you think's wrong?" She ate that felt like for months. From a from, <laughs> sounds like an excerpt from a trashy romance novel. That felt is a euphemism for some perverse sex act. Mm. Uh, next up, we have "Long Weekend," a trailer so forgettable that when Peter was talking about felt, I had to rewatch part of it to <coughs> remind myself what the movie was about. Mer boys. It's about. A guy who falls in love with a girl, possibly. I, I suspect, because I'm jaded, that the twist is the girl is imagined in his head. Uh, it stars Finn Whitrock, who uh, has a wonderful career in horror films ahead of him because he looks like a deranged psychopath at all times. Not his fault, but lean into that, buddy. You'll You'll make a lot of money. <laughs> my advice to you also stars Damian Wayans Jr. great and Wendy McClendon Covey um I don't expect I or anyone who really listens to this podcast is gonna be too interested in Long Weekend yeah I don't think so yeah wow well the trailers that's, that's all I got there's not a lot of trailers um Wait, yeah, we talked about what uh, what what Luca oh, was about? Oh, fucking Modoc. We're not gonna talk. Oh, oh yeah, Luca. Luca. <laughs> we should probably talk about what Luca's about. Uh, it's not about felt people. It's about mer people. Two boys are mer people <laughs> in Italy. Those fishy Italian and, boys. Uh, it it did remind me like, a lot uh, of like Coco at first. Well, that's why they put it in the you yeah. know from the people who make Coco. And not just because they like said oh from the makers of. Coco. Oh my gosh. Coco. Oh, it has that similar aesthetic. Oh, Jake. Someone forgot the charge. You're, you're about to lose Sorry, your my hearing headphones aids. were yelling at me. They were going beep, beep. I could hear that. I know. That, yeah, that was a loud. <laughs> it scared the shit out of me when it beeped. <laughs> and just last yeah, night, I was, night, I was thinking, say. I'm like, my headphones haven't been charged in a while. Hmm. It speaks well of their battery, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty decent, pretty decent right now. This this mm. ad brought to you by Sennheiser. I'll go out and buy it. Sennheiser. Not Raycon. Here, this, put this, this fucking. Ad brought to you by... 
it's a it's a butt plug for your ears. Enjoy so our flare tip. Read, I've read into right. So like, here's a million dollar idea because I do I lack the ambition to make this, but a consumer watchdog channel that like reviews all these products that are advertised frequently on YouTube channels and podcasts, like honest reviews of Manscapes product suite and squash dr squatch soaps and uh raycons like you can have that like someone else make that chair because i'm interested in in real reviews of these products at times uh what i've heard about the raycon e25 earbuds is they're they're okay i'm sure Um, they are (laughs) they're they're fine for for what they are they're maybe a little bit more expensive than other earbuds you can get that have similar features and sound quality, but they're not like complete ripoffs, like bespoke post or <laughs> yeah. Doctor Squatch. So here, spend thirty dollars on this powdered soap. Make sure like- you sign up for the free wheat fill so we can ding you for thirty dollars every two months. I think somebody did that with like um uh like YouTuber merch. Like mm. everybody's everybody's coming out with their own kind of merch. And they were just like, Alright, let's go through a bunch of different people, like the Logan Pauls, the Jake Pauls, the Pauls, Paul Paul Palsy, the, the Paul Rudd, Cerebral Palsy, yeah. Cerebral palsy. Here's the new cerebral palsy merch. It's a needle that you inject it. It simulates an attack of cerebral palsy. Let's see how it goes. Oh god, I did not like that. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> so realistic, though. Is it permanent? I didn't read the directions. Gives job, you a guys. little bout of Bell's palsy. There you go, folks. That's the worst thing you're gonna hear all week. Proud to you about Saturn studs. <laughs> well, we're talking oh, about don't fish high people? and mighty over there, Peter. You've <laughs> you've made worse jokes. <laughs> you've made jokes in poorer taste. <laughs> um, yeah, fish sticks. What about them? <laughs> uh, boy, turn to fish. They're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna win over over the people who are hostile to to the fish people. Mm-hmm. For uh, they turn reasons. out. Well, they see the they see the girl's dad, and the they're hanging out with him, but and like one of the boys is gonna fall in love with the girl and invite um, her to see his dad, and turns out it's Cthulhu because it's just Shadow over Innsmouth. And no, Peter, they're going to be more progressive than that. The three of them are going to have a polyamorous relationship. Well, I when I first <laughs> when I first saw this, I was like, wait, are they making like a, a uh, like a movie about two gay kids? Too, like, like young love. You, I mean, we what don't was, know. Like, disgust on your face fucking, about. People. It was just a stretch, and I was a surprise for like. I mean, we've they've never. You know done what? I was surprised that. about. I've been watching rewatching Yu Yu Hakusho lately, and oh. there's a gay villain in that show. Karasu is. Uh, is he like? Is he Japanese gay? gay? Where he's where they're just fucking super off the wall effeminate. Um, because apparently anime really, doesn't know the difference like, between gay and cross-dressing. Um, not no, I wouldn't say that. But he's like, at least in the the Funimation dub, he talks about wanting to touch Karama a lot, 
and uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's could be worse. It could be. Uh, I don't remember that, but <clears throat> cool, I guess. Whatever. It could be like uh, Hasoka from Hunter X Hunter. Let me tell you about. Is, uh, let me actually tell you about this uh, this anime called uh, Sailor Moon. Oh. <laughs> That's fine. I heard it's got boom anime babes that make you think the wrong thing. <laughs> I've got a I've got a five minute anime review for Boku no Pico. If anybody wants to hear, sure. Oh, I forget no, what okay, I've, I've heard about that, but I no. I need you to review it. That's hentai. <laughs> oh. oh, I see. <clears throat> There's it involves little boys. Or oh, right, I think you said something about this, and I fucking. I barfed in my mouth a little bit. Or nondescript age. Yeah, some of like that. Well, it's it's the classic anime uh, workaround where they look like a little child, but they're actually like an eldritch horror that's 5,000 years old. So it's yeah. okay to, to fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Just go get some ice cream and perfectly legal. have butt sex. <laughs> I can't help For but think that there is some that has bold... the body and mind of a child, but is many thousand years old. I can't help but think that there's some bold artist who just, he's like, this trope is too overdone. Let's overturn it. It's a 5,000 year old <laughs> tentacle like, monster all the way who's just wrinkly. a kid. It looks, you know, it looks like it, it looks that... like a thousand millennial old, old, old dragon, but it's, it's, it's just, a, it goes to grade school. It's a five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> it goes to, that's the anime. It goes to grade That would school. actually be a funny, that would be a funny anime. Has where the it's, fucking, it's the all the kids in their desk. Like, its mouth Yay! trying to catch the bus. Yeah. Yeah. The, the dragon runs out of its fucking castle with the toast in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I, this, is why, this is why sometimes competition everywhere isn't really a good thing because people try to outdo each other like this. And then, then we're we talking get, about Jake. This is a great idea. We're sitting on a million dollar idea right here. We're <laughs> Like a literal dragon. A literal dragon. We live in a world, Jake. We live in a world where the piece of toast thing is so ubiquitous that people make ball gag shaped out of it. (laughs) I saw that, and of course, it's a thing on Reddit. Okay. Okay. Excuse me. (laughs) It just it murdered me on the inside. Oh, there's oh no. It was a while ago, so you have to go. You'll have to go back or search. No, nope. Google Google is your friend, but Reddit is not. There it is. <laughs> yep. And and of course, Etsy has has a whole page. Oh, of course. I'm sure there are many wonderful independent artisans on Etsy making piece of toast cakes out of cast resin that may or may not be biocompatible. <laughs> <laughs> we can't guarantee that. We don't. We don't know. Um. So Modoc, that's coming out. Yeah, Modoc Chicken. Who did? Who's made that joke? No one's made that joke before. Guys, did you know that it looks like uh, it looks like uh, Robot Chicken? Did you know that? Because I didn't. I didn't until uh, yeah. comment, a commenter told me. Like the only one commenter who saw through the whole thing, told me that. Yeah, no like one. There's chicken. certainly no article that, <laughs> that, not not ten thousand articles that say Hulu's animated Modoc series looks like Robot Chicken meets Marvel. That's not at all everyone's take. 
Um, I more appreciate Pat, it, Patton Oswald as Modoc. He's like, yes, because he's of of anyone you cast, he's gonna know the character, and he's gonna yes, be able Patton to do Oswald it. Patton Oswald is a good choice to do Modoc if you're doing a comedy series involving Modoc. No one will know the obscure Marvel lore better than Patton Oswald. Yeah. If you, well, and also it's like a backup to like if the director's like, <clears throat> I want you to do. X and he's like, well, he did Y in the comics, so we're doing Y. <laughs> and uh, so, to for anyone who is unsure why Pat Nozzle would be so qualified, um, go watch the old. It's it's an oldie, but it's a goodie at this point. Is the ten minute um, filibuster is in Parks and Rec? Uh, yeah, where he goes on and he talks about a lot of shit like the Infinity Stones before the public knew about it. So those are essentially his credentials. He's he's just dropping his credentials all over. He references Moon Knight in that rant. That that tells you how deep involved he yeah. is. If if you know who Moon Knight is, you know a good amount about Marvel. And like if you legitimately know about Moon Knight is, not like you started watching Marvel movies back in 2008 and you read up on the wiki a lot. That's <laughs> like you get half credit for that, okay? Mm-hmm. You get no credit if you're like newer than that. Like, Eddie newer than 2008, looking up Moon Knight, mm-hmm. you don't count. All, worth, all, all I know is, it's Yu-Gi-Oh, but for the West. That, that, that is Moon Knight. Ancient Egyptian spirit possesses normal, everyday human, and his dark powers help him save the world. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero, sure. But, card game. Card game. On motorcycles? Card oh. games on helicarriers. Yeah, where's the card games on motorcycles? Come on. Captain America, he just pulls up his shield. He starts putting dual monsters down on it. <laughs> Tony Stark, he's like, I have a holographic projection system. So they've got some heavy hitters in here. They've got Melissa Fumero, who's lining up her post-Brooklyn Nine-Nine work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, ben Schwartz, who's lining up his post-Sonic the Hedgehog work. Um, although they 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 made a big deal about the title reveal of Sonic the Hedgehog two, which yep. is just it's Sonic the Hedgehog tails. two with with tails on the two, <laughs> like the video game. Also, um, speaking on on Marvel stuff, there is a uh, new biography out. I have not had the chance to read yet on Stan Lee, and it's basically a hit piece. Uh, it's a very negative uh, take on Stanley. Uh, the objective of the offer seems to be to dismantle his legacy as much as possible. Idiot. And there's already been some pushback to it from people who were at Marvel during the Times the book covers who were like, uh, you're being a little too harsh on the guy. Yeah, that's... So I will, I will read that and have my, my thoughts on it. Um, when I have the chance to finish the book, mm-hmm. it's on my. I don't know if I'm gonna bump it over. Uh, Thinking fast and slow, which is currently on my reading list. Makes sense, but we'll get there. We'll get there when we get there. Um, I think that's all for trailers. Yeah. this week. That's all the ones I care about. Um, a follow up, box office roundup. Um. The biggest news in the box office this week is the War of Grandpa. 
Oh. It's still in the top 10. It actually went up 21.8% this week. Why? It was in 128 more theaters. Can we start speculating on the box office returns of of uh, War with Grandpa? Can I get can I get stock in WOG? Well, so the thing with War of Grandpa is that it's been in the box office forever, and it's been in the top 10, but it hasn't been making money. It's been making pandemic money. Yeah. So, like, even though it's been in theaters for 20 weeks... It's only gross twenty million domestic. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, but thirty-six mil. It's been in the top ten for twenty fucking weeks. It's almost half a year at this point. Yeah. De Niro said, "I'm not putting out a movie unless it's in the movies for twenty-six weeks." Yeah, De Niro. De Niro on a, a um. Uh, ayahuasca bender that's a fucking tongue twister <laughs> on a ayahuasca bender uh just had the big brain movies like if a movie's out for more than half the year can i count it as like two movies <laughs> i think he's just buying the tickets he's just buying seats at all the different amcs that are open and just like artificially pumping up those numbers yeah Oh, because that's right. like he could pump out like I think he could pump out two hundred thirty thousand every week. Why not? They ask well, him. I mean, he's like, "Would you like the tickets point... for this theater?" He goes, "Don't mind if I do." So here's what I I think at this point, other people besides us have noticed this trend, and there's only a few, there's only a handful of people brave enough to be going to the movies. So I think there's like a gang or multiple gangs. Like it's like a movement. It's like a Storm Area 51-esque movement where like we will see the War of Grandpa in theaters every week until we get it, until like movie theaters reopen around the country and there's no way we can keep in the top 10. Let's see if we can set a record. Because it has it has a a pretty sizable lead between... The 11th place movie, The Man- Manchurian? Manchurian? I don't remember how to pronounce that. The Mortanium. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Crude's New Age hung on to the top spot 13 weeks in theaters, so it's over I, three months in there now. I would argue that's even more impressive. That's been in 13 weeks. That's been weeks. number one the whole time, though. Uh yeah. But it's made quite a bit of dough worldwide. Yeah. I like I mean, yeah, it's made a lot of money. I'm not saying it's it's not but it came out later in the pandemic. If War with Grandpa were released today, it would be the number one movie by ten thousand years. It's I mean, if you if you put it up amongst all of them in the top ten, it's been in it's been in theaters the second longest. Oh, because oh, nobody. I lost it. I mean, okay. it's thirteen weeks. That's pretty crazy. Monster Hunter also at ten weeks. One over nineteen eighty four. Nine weeks. People are still watching. That's in fourth. Still That's, what? That is crazy. That that is actually 1, pretty impressive. Sixteen hundred theaters are still carrying Wonder Woman eighty four. That's ridiculous. Little Things is number two. Judas Black Messiah number three. Marksman. Taken, taken goes west. Yep. Um, I just came up with that. I'm, I'm proud of that. 
It's a Fifle joke for That's all good. you Gen Z kids listening to this. Don't even know your fucking Jewish mice. <laughs> what? What? Oh no. Did the word Jewish mice cause cause the show to quit on me? Okay. I don't know. Everyone here? I've I've yeah. got a good connection until it took that fucking turn. Okay, so we don't use the phrase Jewish mouse ever again on the show. That's, uh, apparently, that's that the one the thing phrase. I caught was Jewish mouse? What? I laughed, and then I was like, oh, what? What? Silence? And then I realized everybody's frozen. Discord took a big old pooper. Yeah, I'm leaving that in. I'm leaving in our object panic. <laughs> Real reactions. Uh, Real panic, and it's it's the the showcase that we're raw and not because I don't want to edit it raw, <laughs> unedited, slightly edited to add an intro, <laughs> <laughs> maybe an outro later too. I, I, I keep forgetting to like do all our plugs, so I figure I'm just gonna sit down and record like one audio and just use that. We need to do like the outro. we need to get the theme from Arthur and do like the the brought to you by from Arthur, <laughs> where it has you know what a what a kind of, this this episode brought to you by the National Science Foundation. <laughs> Viewers like you, thank you. Why are we spending NSF money on Arthur? <laughs> That show has nothing to do with science. I learned. I learned recently, because um, I was too young to know who he was at the time, that Christopher Lloyd was on Cyber Chase. Yes, he was hacker, and Gilbert Gottfried was the fucking bird. Uh, yeah, they got like real, like known actors. What's up with like, Gilbert Gottfried and playing a lot of birds? No wonder I got into fucking you get, STEM. You get typecast. Yeah, yeah. Imagine getting typecast as an animated bird. There are worse things in life. There are. <laughs> like watching Tom and Jerry. Um, Monster Hunter moves up a spot into sixth despite losing 23.8% of its week-to-week gross. Um, that's also been in there 10 weeks. Uh, Nomadland opened in seventh with $503,000. Over twice the word of Grandpa's total. <laughs> All the moms got together went out and saw this movie yep and uh happens to be our spotlight movie of the week because uh it's what's new and what's happening it also narrowly beat out land land three thousand dollars <laughs> so adding the extra word proved uh fruitful mm-hmm. for the makers of nomad land <laughs> Yeah. It's it's they're very similar movies too. Nomad lands about a woman who lost everything in the Great Recession and embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van dwelling nomad, straight out of cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. And then land is a bereaved woman seeks out a new life off the grid in Wyoming. Why is this a genre of movie? Because because <laughs> COVID. Because you can film it outside. I suppose that makes makes a fair amount of sense that makes more sense than i want wanted it to make sense 
Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 94%. Metacritic also 94%. 88% Google users like this movie. 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. So it's getting positive reviews, but rest assured, folks. There are, there are people out there who do not share the, the same opinions as reviewers of the lamestream media. Because they were born with a talent. Some real reviewer traits. <laughs> Possibly cloud DNA has been spliced into the mix as well. Um, we le- release them from the cages they can't see through to submit the reviews to IMDb. <laughs> and we curate some of them to give you a sample. Uh, you got some positive, some negative, and some mixed reactions. Mm-hmm. I'll start here with Pranthamp. Piku, Piku, uh, ten out of ten. Oscar, sure. Submitted December twenty sixth of last year. Oh, he saw like it at premiere at a festival. I saw this movie at twenty seventh December twenty twenty. That's not what your review thing says. He submitted a day before. You liar. Mm. This movie made my day. Uh, squiggly line, and I really liked it. Why is every word in your sentence capitalized? They hit the... Uh, Nomadland! <laughs> they hit the shift F3. Nomadland, squiggly. Just take your seat and start your roller coaster ride with this masterpiece. Random apostrophe. Everything feels so believable. <laughs> Kava, from Where could the that apostrophe gone? <laughs> it's, just, it's just in there. <laughs> From the intense dialogue to how each character react. Beautiful cinematography and a fantastic BGM. All caps. Squiggly. He keeps putting tildes as like line breaks instead of, you know, periods. (laughs) Highly recommendation. Two exclamation marks. Must watch. Squiggly line. This movie will win Oscar for sure. Heart emoji. Kissy face emoji. I this is fantastic just juxtaposition will, to put the ten star right next to the one oh. star. Um I will link you that so y'all can see for yourselves yeah, please. how horribly <laughs> formatted that was. <laughs> so I I didn't realize this was the uh the preview movie for CPAC twenty twenty one. Wait, was it? Uh no. <laughs> but uh the the negative reviews i believe uh come from a certain type of person okay. who may or may not have stormed the capitol building because oh. i'm seeing multiple entries from people who have that same mindset there was i i was talking with kurt before we did these and i showed him one of these like why did it get so political? And used the and they used the term political in the same way that gamers use political. It's like there's two races. There's white and political. Yeah, <laughs> and this is pretty political. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go on with 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 some of this bullshit. And this these are angry reviews. Sometimes you just get people who just like hate the movie because it was a bad movie. These are like fuck society people. Ooh, okay. <laughs> All right. I got an axe to grind with the world. From Joao underscore Carlos. One out of ten on January 11th. Oh, that sounds like a 
Joao Carlos sounds like a Brazilian name. So you know that they're going to come from a place of reason and measured responses. The only reason this ain't a documentary is dot dot begins the review with ellipses (laughs) because they want this Oscars bait to be an inspiration to a suicidal depressed generation of trapped rats by an intimidating system young people are going completely crazy with the market they're obligated to be in the market of appearances to get a partner the school market that sentences your future if you don't apply yourself and also sentences your future if you don't indebt yourself to whore your parents to pursue higher education the market of employment that is super competitive which means lower wages and more pressure the insurances market to be able to have health care the mortgages market that traps you most of your life to have a roof to compete with a neighbor the rent market that leaves you without a cent <laughs> completely in fear of everything that can happen this film romanticizes a way out a way out of the game but think think why they're making this oscar bait film don't be naive 33 out of 59 found this helpful take a fucking cold shower dude good god some people are just too the hot. school market <laughs> the markets the markets are everywhere they've been controlling you from behind the scenes and they're all run by with the visible hands <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you guys are covering, like, the silly angles, because all these middling ones, with, like, the exception of a couple, are very, they're very reserved. So, I'll get... Oh, like, a lot of the 10-star <laughs> reviews were, like, actually well-thought-out, well-lit reviews that give, like, poignant praise to the movie. But they were also, like, 25 paragraphs long. And I didn't want to read any of those. <laughs> and mine is literally all of Trump's bot accounts that he's doing in Mar-a-Lago just because he has so Didn't much free used time. used to do movies so political. Used to be good, sad. Well, I, have to, sad. I have to read that. I really have to read this one. so that I'll get it out of the way and then I'll read my other one. Um, it's just fr- from Dianez55203. 4 out of 10, so political. Uh, what the heck? So political. I love Frances. Her latest films are political. Homelessness or whatever are so blatantly political. Move along, Francis. Used to be good. Two out of nine. Sad. <laughs> so political. What? What's Move up with along. this thing? The homeless people. <laughs> Whatever. So political. I don't care to you. Nordstrom's was very rude to Ivanka. <laughs> Sad. Oh, all right. So here's my here's my real last one. Um, from SPS seventy six five nine trying to attract the cats there uh six out of ten attractive but inert i love the non sequiturs of kelly reichardt so i'm fine with not much happening in movie i don't need bushels of plot but despite mcdormand's brave contribution i didn't think director Zhao hit the mark for me the pro actors didn't quite mesh with the real folks you could run you could run the movie in reverse it wouldn't make that much of a difference such a, such is its neutral tone and low affect throughout. 
A drifter movie that just drifts. Nowhere near as good as American Honey, which is holding up as one of the great American drifter movies of this century or the last. 38 out of 61. Well, that was actually a helpful review. Right? I, I, I'm like, I appreciate you. Please have a spot in the light. I have a review from Daboom, which I picked within the first three words of the review. And you will find out why. Uh, best movie of the last year submitted the 23rd of February of 2021. Um, since the pandemic. I've watched at least three movies a week, and this is easily in the top five movies. Wow. This is people's real life. They literally have one foot in the gutter and their head barely above water. Where are they standing <laughs> to make this a real? But they are searching for happiness, not capital, which is becoming more and more elusive for each subsequent generation since the quote-unquote greatest generation. If you can't relate to loose concepts of freedom, liberty, or never really had to think too deeply about economics, you probably won't think too highly of this film. 4 out of 7 found it helpful. Q, two-star review. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I really really want to read this one. Uh, This wasn't the main one that I wanted to pick, but I got to point out a couple things in the Snorefest 1 out of 10. Somebody, uh, he cared so much about his wife, uh, he, he just he didn't care about her. Because he said, wife asked me multiple times to turn it off. <laughs> didn't turn it off. <laughs> Great job. Uh, watched it because of the ratings. I got bamboozled. <laughs> it just ends it with bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> but the real one I wanted to read was uh, 1 out of 10, pretentious nonsense. CGRC. Two five four five three five zero four five. That's his actual phone number, though. Give him a call. <laughs> this film is a complete fantasy. A wealthy, spoiled, neoliberal actress dabbling in areas of life that she will never understand. It's virtue signaling in all but name. Thirty-eight out of eighty. By Ford. Okay. <laughs> Man. Man. Um. All right, and then uh, last one, I I felt to include this one because it seems to carry some air of authority on it. Um, Four out of ten by Dunarunna, houseless by choice. Uh, I am one of those people who live on the road by choice and have done so for ten years. I felt as though this movie did not paint a true picture of the folk who are houseless, but not by choice. Their day-to-day struggle was only touched on. Safety, security, health, food, fuel costs are all issues faced by these good folk every single hour of every single day. The raw close-ups did make you feel every emotion, and the scenery was beautiful, but the movie didn't hit the mark for me. The camaraderie with fellow travelers was spot on. We all help each other out, no matter the circumstances. I would be very interested to hear what other permanent travelers think of this movie. 47 out of 66 found it helpful. And that's Nomadland. That's Nomadland, baby. That's Chi, baby. Fuck Biden's America. Nomadland. (laughs) This is Biden's America. Just just go live off the fat of the land in a desert where there's no fat. Just cactus. Cactus and sand. K. 
Can we? Oh, I just want to make a meme. Is. It's just, it's just a picture of Donald Trump with the taco bowl and just says, "This is Biden's America." <laughs> I'd be okay with that. I might have to make that that meme. Taco bowls are delicious. They are. Taco bowls. Trumps are perfect. Not. Perfect Cinco de Mayo treat. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Consuela. <laughs> you can't be racist. He ate a taco bowl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who said I hate um, Mexicans? I love this taco bowl. It's delicious. It's beans it's made by a Mexican. It was brought to me by a Mexican. Um, so we paid her just under out. minimum. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we got over the last of the top ten. It's just land for Grandpa and other movies. Yeah, let's... let's do gaming <laughs> let's news. Do it. Um, report: Stadia blew millions of dollars on Red Dead Redemption Two and other reports in its first year. Uh, this is a report coming out of Kotaku. Um, or I'm sorry, coming out of Bloomberg, picked up by Kotaku. Why would I say? No, Kotaku doesn't report anything original. Why would I even make that mistake? <laughs> According to a new report by Bloomberg, it underperformed its sale targets by hundreds of thousands of users, despite pen- spending tens of millions of dollars securing ports of big blockbuster games. It's not hard to see why, either, considering many of the features Stadia promoted during its reveal were missing at launch. Not to mention the leap of faith the business model asked of users requiring them to pay full price for individual games as a, on a as-yet-untested, unproven new technology that they're already starting to distance themselves from. <laughs> the best game ever. <laughs> what ownership stake do you have in Stadia, Jake? <laughs> I just believe in a real, true, value American product. <laughs> Made by hard-working Americans, hand-woven controllers. <laughs> like, fuck those, those controllers. Control- they're, like, they're put together. I saw the GM tear down of the Stadia controller, and he had to, like, fucking dremel out the clips to get it open. That's right. <laughs> so America God forbid the battery dies on it. So good. It doesn't even it doesn't even have batteries in it. It's just powered off American ingenuity and freedom. <laughs> I think I think correspondence chess has better online than fucking Stadia. I think I think Stadia. It just it all depends on your internet. Yes. So that's so yes. and, and the because it's probably true. it's it's really weird with like how. If if you probably have enough money to have good internet, like really really blazing blazing fast speeds, uh, you know gigabit and whatever, then you probably have enough money to buy a console and a PC. Yeah. Because when they and, say blazing speeds, they mean that the server just smoked a bowl. It's yeah. getting ready to go any minute it's now. Really high. You get There's, high speeds while you're high. high. 420 megabits per second, brah. 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 If I had, if I had like a 500 gigabit internet download speed, I'd cap it at 420 mm-hmm. gigabits per second. No, I have, I have For no stake. I have no stake with Stadia. I just want to see something new come out that is, uh, you know, available to people, and it's, it's nice. My problem with Stadia 
is that you're asking people well first off cloud gaming isn't there yet or the technological infrastructure to support it isn't quite up to snuff you'll have some t- and some titles good enough performance and other titles not nearly good enough performance input lag is always going to be an issue um which makes certain types of games pretty much unplayable and it's not like a uh, a game pass situation where if you have game pass ultimate you get x cloud but you also get the games that you can play on your pc and your xbox for for a monthly fee i don't have to pay for the privilege of x cloud and then pay full price for the game on top of that uh only in like the way this is looking like two years google to pull the plug on the whole thing and you be out however much money you invested in your stadia library because you can't access the game anymore that's why i buy games more from gog now than steam because i don't think steam's going anywhere but the idea of of something happening to Steam and not being able to access my library is a little more worrying. Just get the DRM free version on GOG. It's, yeah, it's fine. I think, I think that Stadia was built when they when they had the idea. They also had the idea that Google Fiber would be present in a lot more places than it is, and they went ahead with it despite the fact that Google Google Fiber didn't uh, spread like they thought it would. Because Google needs they got to put their tracks on a duck on a row because they because they just put they just do shit google just does shit like <laughs> glasses vr glasses yeah yeah ar uh, fiber fiber internet for that. everyone Fi- we're alpha guys we're alphabet now <sighs> oh, we're gonna make an all online gaming service um i remember uh, like freshman year of college when Google Glass was still a still a thing. Um, we came up with the most expensive way of cheating on a uh, chemistry test. You have, have one guy with Google Glasses and everyone else have their, their smartwatch tuned to the stream of his <laughs> Google Glass and just watch as he answers the questions. For the low, low price of $5,000, you too can have. <laughs> of the chemistry great of your dreams oh god yeah um games i love when you search google oh. fiber uh people also ask is google fiber still a thing no <laughs> turns out the project is still a thing despite few notable announcements in quite some time in a blog post today, Google has announced that Fiverr has expanded the city of West Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> the first expansion in four years. There, hey, there we go. Google, you're fucking... You, you have enough to just eat the world. How do you not, like, send a corpo army against Comcast? Like, you can hire your own corpo enforcement division. How do you not just destroy their web services send your cyber soldiers into their headquarters and mind jack the fucking ceo it's you just just hook him into google fiber and say all right if you have if your internet sucks then you die if if your bandwidth goes below your bandwidth is now connected to your heart rate uh speed six the digital age (laughs) 
right? Ah, uh, that's 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 our new that's our new movie, Blumhouse. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so on these on these consoles, you can play games, and it's the end it's of true. February, so the big companies are all shitting out all the announcements that they can before the end of the quarter. Um, for those I who are gotta on. boost that stock, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so in that vein, uh, first is the smaller one that has us more hyped. Uh, Team Reptile. Uh, they previously re- released a trailer. Uh, so this is sorry. This is the company that made uh, Lethal League Blaze, the the small but beloved fighting and party game. Uh, which is basically when jammers meets smash meets ping pong. Um, they have previously released a trailer for their new game, Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, and now this Wednesday they released a full trailer. And um, I don't believe there is full. It's not full gameplay footage, but it is game assets and game environments and things that will be in the game and the type of maybe some gameplay. Um, but it, it is hype. Like there was some gameplay in there. It is quite hype. Yeah, like I, like I said to, and oh my god, even it is, it is so clearly a spiritual successor to JSRF. They, uh, they've worked with Hideki Naganuma in the past. He did the the sound, the music for Lethal League Blaze, uh, which is why it slaps mm-hmm. so hard. Um, and if you watch the trailer right at the end when they pan out. And they they show bomb rush cyberfunk. You see the platforms. You see the, the Shibuya the terminal. terminal. Yeah, the Shibuya terminal, baby. It's 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 so there. They got the graffiti. They got the skating. Like few things, few pieces of media these days have the power to transport you back to a different time period. But the bomb rush cyberfunk official trailer did just that. I just got blasted in the face with Jet Grind Radio and JSRF. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful trying thing about to, this... Trying to nail that jump when in the, the satellite district that's just all rooftops. <laughs> Why was it all rooftops? While Chibo Mato plays the fucking... The pinnacle of video game soundtracks right in my ear. Um, yeah, the best thing about this is that if this was... If... If... Um, Jet, Jet Set Radio was a Nintendo property. This would never, this would never even get close. Oh no, not even. But Sega doesn't either doesn't have the clout and or doesn't care enough to be like, I don't want to go after Sega, this. Sega, Sega's different. Sega takes takes more of a Valve approach. So like when people make popular mal- mods for Valve games, Valve hires them. Like the people who made Counter Strike got jobs at Valve to make counter-strike and mm-hmm. and like dota well dota blizzard wasn't happy about dota that's why they did the warcraft 3 uh war mastered thing where you had the to get the mod tools you had to sign like a thing that said that blizzard owns everything you make so the person who made the next dota uh wouldn't get a fucking dime from it uh but sega we've seen in the past with sonic mania uh has more of the valve approach than the Nintendo approach, where they'll shut down anything, like another Metroid 2 remake, get that out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll sue you for all your worth if you even mention Pokemon yeah. in your <laughs> monster collecting game. 
<laughs> I think, um, and the other part of it. But Sega, you know, they've hired Christian Whitehead and other notable community creators to make Sonic Media. So I, I think they're all for the uh, the continuation of their mm-hmm. their legacy. And the um, yeah, the other part of this is Nintendo is very very clearly just a pure video game company. We think of all of these as video game companies, but Nintendo is like a full package video game company at this point. Sega and like Capcom is a pachinko company that sometimes makes uh fucking same thing with Konami. There's pachinko companies that make video games sometimes. Um and Sega yeah, uh they don't made. make pachinko machines, but they make arcade machines. Um and they make really the pretty pretty cool arcade machine so they they can't they're not their full attention is not always on video games 100 percent of the I time think they're in a they're in a little bit i think the pachinko game not to like the level of konami mm-hmm. but it's it's a sizable portion of their earnings every year yeah pachinko i just market. i looked maybe up... they just license their properties to pachinko machines yeah um because i looked at their they have a youtube site or a youtube channel which is sega amusements I'm looking at some of their um, their new games. It's pretty nifty. They got um, Mario and Sonic Olympic Games, like a DDR arcade machine where you can you can actually run and do all the events. They got the Mission Mission Impossible arcade like shooter game. Got like uh, what's this Power Roll? What is this? I don't know. These all these are nifty, but they all have like 500 views because no one's watching fucking <laughs> Sega. Uh, arcade advertisements by their mark by like their internal sales department. <laughs> this um, is so in in sad news. Uh, sad tw- sad story of the week goes to uh, Activision Blizzard for uh, their announcement that uh, with the latest updates to Call of Duty Warzone and Call of Duty Cold War. Uh, 500 gigabyte PS4 owners may need to make room if they want both games on their hard drive. Yikes. Uh. Um, Which leads to a bigger question of, like, why game sizes are so bloated. I don't think games overall have a problem, but whatever's going on with the developers of... I, I don't know if it's the same studio because i know they switch right for call of duty it's like Treyarch and then sledgehammer is that the other one now i think i thought it was activision and uh Treyarch. activision is the publisher oh yeah so sledgehammer and Treyarch. i i don't pretend to care anymore but they need to work on optimizing their code Mm -hmm. because there's no fucking reason your game that's the size and scope of call of duty should be anywhere near a hundred gigabytes. Like, are you bothering to compress your data at all? No, I think so. I think it's a systemic issue because, um, when you have a studio the size of Treyarch, and you have like a hundred people or however many people work at that studio, all trying to make a game together and coordinate. If you don't have tight fucking management, um. I feel like everyone just piles on and puts it in the bucket and no one no one's bothering to make sure all the puzzle pieces fit together. Um, so you have like asset departments and you have net code departments and you have, you know, the engine guys and you have all these different um, teams 
that are all working in your game environment, in your thing, but they're all trying to do different shit. So I get the feeling that unless, it, and you know, we're we're all company men. We all we all know what company communication can be like sometimes, and uh, we also know that the video game industry is not the best. <laughs> <laughs> so when you have a hundred people or however many crunching for months, uh, trying to get them to be coordinated and make their uh, their data package uh, tight and and uh, cohesive with with also having no bugs, it's a tall ask. But it's it's weird because when Modern Warfare came out, it was just sixty gigabytes. And yeah. after all the updates, it's now over 200 gigabytes. And like, and with when you take you out added? certain parts of it, when you take out certain parts of it, like I did, I took out um, campaign. Uh, there was like a, a special features thing, whatever. It's minor shit. It's I'm still sitting at 163 gigabytes. That's literally only Warzone and like multiplayer. And like stuffed around the game. That's For reference, it. Doom Eternal, forty gigabytes. Yeah, Overwatch, nineteen gigabytes. Um, Hades, three point seven gigabytes. <laughs> Although, I mean, that's not fair because of the graphic difference. But like, Witcher three is only fifty gigabytes. Cyberpunk is only like sixty-seven gigabytes. I would, I would even argue. Even getting up there, I mean, Borderlands 3, with all the DLC, um, the guns, the maps, the expansive amount of stuff that's in it, still 117 gigabytes. Yeah. It's, that's with all four add-ons installed, yeah, I'm just shy of 118 gigabytes. And I think I have a couple mods in there, too, to inflate, to... Maybe affect the size a little bit. Yeah. How big is GTA Five and it's a hundred gigabytes, ninety-eight mm. to be exact. So, like, yeah. it's, I, don't, I don't know. It, I did. I did a insane. quick um, comparison. You know, like with Doom Eternal in this, and it follows my assumption that I made a little earlier. So, id Software has two hundred-ish employees um, to make their stuff. Treyarch has over six hundred and thirty employees. a lot they have or sorry they have 626 to be exact um yeah so team size it's it's an issue this is a but, and bad yeah, business and bad console, business practices on top of that yeah and like it's unacceptable on a console like to have a game take up that much space mm-hmm. on something that's a limited hard drive space you know you got warranty questions when you open it to upgrade the hard drive, not everyone's comfortable doing that. Not everyone has the know-how how to do that. It's it's just you can't be having your game be that big, and there's no reason for it to be that big. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, cloud gaming is looking pretty appealing. That's probably why. They, I'm sure they were they were probably in on it. Activision is probably like, we got to move. We got to see if we can make this work with them put in the cloud um and then your then your file sizes can be have a data cap (laughs) then your data files can be the size of the hindenburg yeah (laughs) go cray cray guys you can do whatever you want you can make a thousand gigabytes i'm convinced that like call that 
Yeah, I'm convinced that one of the anti-piracy measures in Call of Duty is just a zip bomb. That's why the file <laughs> size is so huge. It's like if you open up a certain, if you try and get into the loot boxes, you open a zip file and your computer just crashes because there's three yaddo bytes of, of just blank images <laughs> in a zip file. Um, Call of Duty is twice the size of Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> and how many people are working at a CD Projekt Red? Um, they're smaller, but I think they're like a couple hundred people. Uh, Red RDR two is Rockstar though. Oh, Rockstar, yeah. How many employees at Rock? Three hundred and sixty. Rockstar Games says two hundred and seventy-three employees. Oh, I've seen. I was looking at Rockstar fifty-seven. Um, yeah, but that that's probably like HR and shit too. There's, mm. They're a bigger company. And they also publish games, I think. Hmm. Or no, Take-Two publishes games. So what I'm um, saying is, and I'm that? to be clear, I am not apologizing for Treyarch. I, can, I need to make this crystal clear. This is not a defense of them. This is an indictment CDPR of their giant-ass bloated corporate structure that has is, is led to um, most likely red tape inefficiency and uncord, you know, uh, people getting lost in the executive jargon. I am sure there are many, many like acronym based strategies in these offices. <laughs> We've got guys, we're, we're on the turd system. The uh, turns under uh, the required date. It's the turd system. Uh, we need you to, to <laughs> poop out games as fast as possible. Uh, we need to we're doing a sprint this week. We got. We have to. We have to churn out fifty levels in the next five minutes, please. Or and, and we'll get you your gold stars, and you know. So I'm just like, just like I. They just. There's too much shit going on, and it's making game unoptimized and poopy. Because like at the other end, you have one one person developers. You have fucking Toby Fox, who can just cram all that shit into one nice little package. You have. People who can make fully functional—I mean, they are platformers—but you, there is a there is a section of the game making industry that is purely like sub megabyte games or like sub kilobyte games. It's it's fucking yeah, they're, wild. There there are people who like challenge themselves, be like, okay, what can I make that'll fit on like a fucking NES card? Mm-hmm. They, like I saw a video breakdown of that once, and I'm not even really all that interested in coding and shit like that, but and asset management. But it was fairly interesting. He talked about how to creatively reuse assets to make you know make a game that ticked all these boxes he wanted to tick and would still fit on the NES cart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um, um, for anyone who wants to see uh, dedicated small teams of people being able to push small data sizes and small memories to incredible limits uh look up the demo scene it's it's them just taking old amigas and making fucking crazy ass videos just using the hardware and the and the, the graphics capabilities look up um i believe there's a bit there's a really popular one it's called titan 2 uh let me see if i can Yes, it's Titans Overdrive 2 is the name of the video. And it is really fuck good. Um, anyways, other video games. 
Pokemon. Uh, things are dying. <clears throat> well, first, let's talk Anthem. Anthem oh, development yeah. has officially been canceled. Fuck yeah. Anthem is dead. Um, dead. Bioware Austin studio director Christian Daly cited the COVID-19 pandemic as having made further work impossible. Um, that is what we call bullshit in the uh, bullshit. the games journalist industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Anthem had... I just I can't wait for like all the books and documentaries on it because it's just a fascinating story of how, like we talk about intercompany communication at these big companies, how there was just none of it here, <laughs> how like developers were seeing supposed gameplay features for the first time when we saw them at E3, and we're like, what? We haven't even fucking started the game yet. <laughs> Nothing's developed. This is all fake. Yeah, um, I, yeah, it'll go down as one of the biggest messes in the history of video games. And that's before you even get into, you know, conspiracy theories of uh, did they did they actually ever plan for this to go ten years? Um, who knows? And this, this, my friends, this is the other part of this. This is why you don't. This is the same issue. Ties in. Don't pre-order games because looking at this game and going whole hog into Anthem is of the same stripe as pre-ordering a game. You are basically pre-ordering 10 years of content is what you're, when you buy one of these live service games. Yeah. Live you don't, games as a service Especially if you don't know what you're getting into. Model. Yeah, it's a dangerous model. And when these games go away, they're gone forever. And I, I that's sad. Mm-hmm. Like you can't play Dark Spore anymore mm-hmm. because the servers are gone. It was online only. Oh, not a hundred percent true. Well, well, yeah, but there there's maybe fan made servers, but yeah, Nazgoth. You remember that little ditty? I remember when Dave was obsessed with Nazgoth. Yes. Yeah, I played a lot too. Um, I was actually the best. I was better than Dave. Don't let him tell you anything else. <laughs> but sometimes people make their own servers, and you can play on those. Mm-hmm. But that yeah. is the equivalent. Yeah, uh, that is the game's equivalent of hiring a Kickstarter to fund your hospital bill. <laughs> and yeah, it it it's hit or miss on on whether or not it's going to be a good server or not, or if you have people to play with. So it's like not the same experience yeah, as like, like if you go jump into a COD lobby and there's you know tons of people on there and they're all saying there, I'm going to. There are rogue out. servers of Fantasy Star Online for the Dreamcast still kicking around out there. Um, yeah. But at that point, it's just the diehards who spent way too much of their 20s playing PSO. And <laughs> it's not like, ooh, let me try this game out. Um, and as a result of Anthem failing so miserably, EA is kind of like thinking up some of their company mandates and as uh, what seems like as a direct consequence uh, the next Dragon Age title will be single player only. The planned multiplayer aspects have reportedly been scrapped. Um, and a lot of people are speculating this has to do with the uh, cost associated with multiplayer development and just how spectacularly Anthem failed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now we can talk about Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon Direct happened. Hell yeah. Po- Pokemon. 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 Yeah. 
Pokemon Direct it's happened, and coming. it's happening. Everyone and their mother knew it. We were all no. just waiting for no. confirmation. Not everybody and their mother knew it. You watch her tone, young boy. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl have been announced. Um, yep. I've got mixed feelings about it. Like, I love Sinnoh. Mm-hmm. Generation 4 is maybe my second favorite generation behind Generation 2. Uh, it's what got me back into Pokemon after Generation 3. I was kind of like, maybe I'm getting too old for this. Mm-hmm. If, uh, if um, but- Generation 3 is like a sour apple candy, it's like a sour apple Jolly Ranchers, Sinnoh is like, like a Werther's original. <laughs> you know? It's brought you back to your youth. <laughs> Yeah, and... I, I, I love. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think Sinnoh is definitely my favorite, but I definitely remember having good times. It's, it's got it. a certain iconicness about it, like Lucario. I love the lore of Cynthia, the region. Rotom, you know. Yeah, uh, there's so much cool lore with the region. They really, they introduced a lot of mythical and legendary Pokemon that were really neat. Uh, the just the sheer volume, of, and it's not like today where they. They roll out a new Pokemon, you pick it up with your mystery gift, and th- that's it. Yes. You have the new Pokemon. There that were was, events, mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. events to catch these Pokemon, and they were all yeah. awesome. Yeah. Going up yeah, with the was, Azure Flute was... on on Mount whatever, and <laughs> I forget the name of the mountain, and playing Cornet. at the Summon Arceus. Yeah, Mount Coronet, and... which was a nifty feature. They, they just, they're just like, here. There's a giant fucking mountain in the middle of your region. You gotta cross this shit every time. Um, it got a little a little grindy with some of the uh, the abundance of HMs, uh, including Defog. Oh, Defog! Back when yes. Defog did nothing in battle and just I wasted a move the, slot. <laughs> that was the worst part about these games, and I mean, generally HMs are probably the worst part about any of the older. Which is games, why they've is done that? away with them. For the most Which part, is, yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm assuming they've got to do it again with this. They they've got to do. Something oh yeah, they're, very they're gonna have like a call system different. where you call in a wingle from your poke gear and it uses yeah. the fog and yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, that's, um, nobody nobody needs to have the the move defog in their their kit. And they're not gonna be bad game. I'm not concerned about the game necessarily being bad because they have a good track record of these like i don't think there's been a remade generation that's been worse than the original game yeah like hard yeah. gold and soul silver overall better experience than uh gsc uh fire and leaf green that's a, it's a little different because the the systems are so vastly different advanced versus rby mm-hmm uh, yeah. Like you have abilities and you have all these other things, but like, and they they change some things that I don't like. With Fire, Fire Red, Red Leaf Green, Green will always have a special place in my heart. It was the game I played the most, um, and they it was the first remake they made. I mean, yeah. Now it's like going back to Kanto when we went back with like Let's Go. It's like okay, this is you know it's getting a little overdone. Yeah, now. I didn't really like Let's Go. Um, and I actually, that was one of the other things that people were like contemplating whether or not they were going to release another Let's Go, and I'm I'm sort of glad they didn't. Yeah. I was a little worried uh, when I saw like the art style of this though, like the overworld art style is very chibi, very Let's Go esque, 
and I was worried that this was going to be like a, a uh, DPPT. Let's go. Yeah, yeah DPPT. No, there's no real good <laughs> quick acronym we can pull out. DPPT, yeah. Um, uh, but thankfully it's not. They, it looks like that that's just the overworld style, which I I think is trying to maintain the same artistic style of to, the originals. They saw how well Link's Awakening did on the Switch, and they're like, you know, that might be a good compromise. So we'll make it look like Link's yeah, Awakening it, DX. They just polished up what Diamond Platinum had, and I think that's a good way to go about doing it, because if you stray too far from that uh you know it's not going to look like the same game and you know you can kind of look to let's go pikachu and eevee as that i mean those were remakes of the, the you know the original red blue and yellow green and uh that didn't look anything like the original games it's like yeah these are this is kanto and this is Palatown, but it looks really, it doesn't really look different. Familiar. Yeah, it doesn't. It didn't bring back that familiarity. Uh, you had overworld Pokemon, which was this game doesn't appear to have. Right? Yeah, this game doesn't appear to have overworld Pokemon. Not to it's that. It's going to be the same thing of you know, running in the grass and having the surprise appearances. And It'll be like Sword and it, Shield, yeah. Yeah. But my real right. question is, how fast are the health bars going to go down? <laughs> Wait, no, well, no, that I'm was sure uh, that was five. At least platinum speed. No, no, no. Health bars were very slow in Diamond and Pearl, but when okay. Platinum came around, they fixed the the drop speed. Uh, Generation oh, Four a- also introduced the physical special split, which is another reason why it's in my one of the things that b- really annoyed me about a lot of Pokemon in Generation. Well, really one and two also one two three is that like the stats didn't jive with the typing of them because like previously before generation four based on the type of the move it was either physical or special and don't ask me which ones were which i i can hardly ever remember which ones were physical which ones were special i know water was special ghost was physical fighting was physical fire also was the famed physical type yeah (laughs) yeah but the special physical special split made it based on move, which gave a lot of more usability next Pokemon. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'll buy it. Like I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy it. Like <laughs> okay. you, you already have my money. And I'm not. I'm not gonna sit here and grandstand. And be like, I don't know. I'm gonna wait for reviews. Like no, I'm gonna. I'm gonna buy it, and I'm probably gonna enjoy it. But it's gonna be weird. Cause it was weird with Sword and Shield. But that was a new thing. Like, we were on dual screens for such a long time. <laughs> and it's going to be weird is, to play it without. I don't even remember the dual screen. I don't remember. I remember the dual screen, but I don't remember really what it did. You had a point. cool watch it, that had and, different functions. You had a smart watch. And if I have to pull up a menu to, to, to get that shit, then, then so be it. It made, it made uh, fucking know, or, wall hacking they, the game really easy because you had the step counter and if you could hack yourself if you could get yourself outside the walls you could like wrong warp with exact precision because you could count your steps hmm. yeah there's a lot i hope my big hope is that they bring back all of these events 
that made I want the Shaman mm-hmm. event. I want the Darkrai event. I want the Arceus event. I, I want, want the Arceus these... event because they didn't they, they they just scrapped that they one. They didn't do it. Yeah, they scrapped it. Arceus was never available. Like it was never quote, officially quote, unquote, released. Legally. Yeah. Yes, it was never like legally like. Released. But you the could, data was in could... the game. It was yes. weird because like you could access it with a with an action yeah, replay and it, and puts... it would work fine. Like there was yeah, it puts the Azure flute in your in your item box, and the reason why they didn't do it was because um, they thought it would be too confusing for players. The reasoning was really dumb. They thought because <laughs> you had to be standing at the mountain. Because catching the Reggies was such a simple process. And no exactly, one... and they and they said they thought um, like playing the Azure flute, opening your inventory right at that specific place. And playing that or whatever was too tricky of a concept for kids to get. And it's like, dude, the internet's a thing, man. Yeah, right? guides the exist. A thing at that the point. internet's a thing. Guides exist. Like, to catch Reggie Rock or whatever, you had to have a relicanth in the first slot of your party and a werelord oh, in yeah. the last slot of your party. And you had to fucking, like, go from the braille puzzle, like, three steps yeah. down and use strength or waterfall or some shit. Do you know how much fucking time I tried looking for Deoxys? And there was this whole thing with the the ocean islands, and it's around there. And it's like, no. it's We were looking up guides and yeah. internet blog posts. Game facts. And so, so much game, game facts. facts. Yeah. yeah. A lot of game Come facts. On. Leaned heavily on the game facts. So that's I what I want. I think the game looks great. Yeah, it um, looks great. There's a couple of things on my wish list. All right. Game Freak, I know you felt you made a mistake with Mega Evolution. And I know you, you... I'm not asking for new Megas. But just bring the Mega Ring back so I can Mega Evolve my Pokemon that have Megas. Just yeah, bring they it had, back. Yeah, they had no announcement of, like, what the special thing is going to be in this. If they're going to do nothing. If they're going to do Dynamax, Mega Evolution. I don't see how Dynamax can work anyways in this i would so want to see it yeah. i doubt dynamax is going to be in this bring back Me- mega evolution yeah uh request number two being in this. complete the pokedex let me between sword and shield and its expansions and these remakes have the complete pokedex it would make sense for them to bring in pokemon home so i i don't see why not mm-hmm. um number three we talked about events uh, I want all the events to be accessible. I don't want to just get mystery gifts yeah. of all these Pokemon. I want to have more to do in the Overlord world. And and other than that, just, just leave it alone. Um, um, get rid of Defog's necessity. <laughs> yeah, the HMs. I'm I'm curious to see what their fix is for that. Um, and other than that, like just just leave it alone. <laughs> leave, um, make so Drift Sail, quick. Keep Drift Fail City a banger. Best, yeah, best the town theme. Keep the score the same. Um, so Pokemon... No. The only other thing we have is... Um, uh, the, there's two other things we have for the Pokemon announcement. Real quick, the Pokemon Snap still looks great. I don't know. It's Pokemon it's Snap. Same. It's fun. It's weirdly therapeutic. Um, yeah. It's one of the more relaxing games on the N64. You just sit down and you take pictures of Pokemon. And then you bring your cart to Blockbuster and you print out the picture. 
Uh, It'd be interesting if there's a if there's a thing where you can like email yourself pictures. They sh- or they like gotta that. have something like that, right? They really should. It'd be it'd be really good. I think they that'd be a, that a cool fantastic back. idea. They already showed you like being able to customize pictures with little shapes and emojis or whatever. The emoji people tagging <laughs> up your pictures. Uh, and then there was know. the weird thing that makes me a little nervous. We're not gonna get the RCS event in Shining Pearl. Or what? Yeah, Shining Pearl, Brilliant Diamond, and that's this weird open worlds uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus. Yeah, they Breath of the Wild Pokemon. They so they are. I think it's. I'm not sure who's developing it. I think Game Freak is developing this. Did they they mention um, who's? Yeah, I think that yes. Because it's not Game Freak who's doing Diamond and Pearl. They did say who was developing it. I don't remember, and it's not Game okay. Freak. So. So not Game Freak. Another company is doing it, but I think they have a director from Game Freak who's helping I'm sure. out with this. Um, this is a Breath of the Wild open world style prequel. Uh, it is developed by Game Freak. Sinnoh. Or at oh, least according okay. to IGN. So take okay. that for what you will. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... This is a step out of their comfort zone, it seems like, because it's like, okay, you have this prequel to Sinnoh before everything's like renovated and you're going to go out and try to, you know, create a Pokedex of the Pokemon in the area. And it makes, but I'm confused because why is Rowlet there? Why is Rowlet? They, they say that they were brought the... in from other regions. They explain it oh, in right. the trailer. I, I, didn't... I think it's a good it working. <laughs> if you were going to try something like this, I think Sinnoh is the appropriate region because yeah. It more so than any other region, except for maybe had um, Johto. Johto because Johto is very Edo. It's like very it. like old, like imperial. Le- There's a lot of imperial yeah. history behind it. But I was, I was, um, the point I was trying to make is that with uh, yeah, that's more like real world history. Um, Sinnoh is very much a region steeped in its mythology, like. The it, a lot of the the interactions you have with the characters in the game and a lot of the information available to you in the game world have to do with all these mythical Pokemon. You know the Cresselias, yeah. the Darkrai's, the Arceus's, the Shamans of the world. Even Rotom's it's a ghost very, story. Yes, fucking the old chateaus is the creepiest place in all of video games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and also the uh, so the starter Pokemon you you get uh, for this little uh 3d adventure uh in Sinnoh is uh Cyndaquil Rowlet and Oshawa mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool because their third evolutions are all like feudal Japan warrior type inspirations you have the samurai for with a uh, samurai uh, uh the, the yep the archer with uh fucking decidui yeah that's what it is decidui yeah. and then typhlosion is like has gunpowder uh bases so it's it's all it's all kind of connected there because it seems like it's kind of a feudal japan uh style or of uh, more primal time. japan yeah yeah and it seems like your goal is to go out catch a bunch of pokemon see how your destiny your adventure is connected to Arceus. now they finally have an excuse be... for not putting porygon in other other than <laughs> yeah. it doesn't make sense because that's you'd have to do that with other Pokemon games. Because they all the other Pokemon games did you had you had the whole Pokedex except for like Ranger. 
You didn't have it in Ranger. Oh no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, with this one, like that, I guess that is one small silver lining of the Pokemon Home system is that like, okay, we don't have to have a fucking Magnemite in some place. It's like, oh, it's future-ish, I guess. Uh, sure. Well, there's there's always been weird things with that, like the DNA splicers for the Kirim forms and the Genesect drives have to be available in, in, in-game, yeah. even if they don't make any sense to be available in-game. Mm-hmm. Fucking Genesect. Uh, They're like, what if we made the video cartridges, but a Pokemon? We just made an N64 into a Pokemon. <laughs> so, um, it looks my interesting. My one concern for this game is that it well, I have many it said it was game footage. Is it look? It looks. It looks pretty early. Good, but shitty. That's because it's gonna come <laughs> like, out like 2022, right? Yeah, I yeah. know. So it's I I hope and pray they just push back the date, push it, push it back. Like, take your fucking time on it. If you're gonna come out with an RPG style open world Pokemon game, take your damn time with it. Yeah, it looks interesting. Uh, you know. It's not going to have the traditional battling system. I've played a lot of the Pokemon spinoffs. I'll probably get to this eventually, but it's Why not it a traditional po- battling system. It um, did show battling. It showed battling, but not like I got my four moves here. Use this move. Use that. And then I've 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 I read a couple did. of stories since then uh, that are, suggest it might not have turn-based combat in it. Um, so huh. there will be interesting to see what they do with it. Again, yeah. the concept intrigues me, but I don't know that the game itself does at this point in time. Uh, that's one that I'll wait for reviews on. And I might yeah. come around. Uh, I thought Pokemon Conquest was going to be stupid, but I ended up really enjoying that game. So shows what I know. I also said, yeah. let's watch Tom and Jerry, which is also a shows what I know moment. <laughs> You know, I could see where you're coming from because, like, I think Tom and Jerry is pretty classic, and you know, it could have have some, uh, you know, open up a an inner door into my my childhood heart and be like, oh, remember this shit? It didn't. It this did not. I was under no did. illusion that it would be good. Yeah. Um, boy, oh boy. Yeah. For me, I'll be honest. It surpassed my very low expectations. Um, there, um, it did get. If I had to summarize this movie, I would say um, it got everything wrong except for the things that it got right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's deep, bro. What did it get right, though? What did uh, it it got right. right. I'm the opposite. Well, I can I can talk I had, about that. Well, I'll talk. I had very low expectations going into this i in the text message referred to it as that travesty of a new tom and jerry movie and even with that being the bar i had set for it it came in well below my expectations because i expected it to at least function somewhat as a movie i expected there'd be like you know a driving force for like mm-hmm. any, any character development, you know, basic movie things, but things just kind of happen. 
it's all related to the wedding, but the wedding at times seems like it's really not important until it's the only thing that's happening on screen. And, like, you don't care about any of the characters. They don't give you reason to care about any of the characters. It, there's there's sequences uh, that don't make any sense. The order of the um, movie doesn't really yeah. make a lot of sense. Um, yeah, and the, begin- the, the, the first five slaps. minutes of the movie, <laughs> they're fucking... That, that's the killer. They just... They, they gotta clean off the chaff, it almost felt like. Um... Also, yeah, there's no references. Tom and Jerry does not do reference humor. That's Bugs Bunny, you fucks. Bugs Bunny is the one who makes plays on popular contemporary IPs. Tom and Jerry is is pure in that sense. Other than like yeah, general is- cultural satire, Tom and Jerry doesn't have fucking. There's a scene in the first five minutes of this movie where Tom walks out of a subway and in the background it's droopy with a fucking Joker smile on like they're advertising for like the droopy Joker movie and it says put a smile on your face and I was like and he shows up later in the movie in a silence of the lambs mask yeah <laughs> I thought yeah that was that, that was like what I'm scared he's like what the Pick fuck up, Mom. um and then the the rapping pigeons, I, I think we. I kind of just want to get started. Come on, just get rolling. Yeah, you'll jump right in. All right, this first five this minutes. That's the bandaid um, off. Is so the first five minutes consist of slick camera work and um, rapping pigeons. One of which is Tom Story, the guy who proudly put his name on this fucking thing. First title. It's a Tom Story film. Great. I just. I, my expectations are so high from this, you know, experienced director, this experienced writer who I absolutely know everything about, Tom Story. Um, Tim Story. Tim Tim Story. Uh, is his name. And uh, he's he's directed such, uh, you know, wonderful movies as uh, Ride Along 2 and uh, Think Like a Man 2 and Ride Along and Think Like a Man and Taxi and, and Barbershop and 2005's Fantastic Four and 2007's Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. So, you know, he's got just... Contemporary wonderful, really. Wonderful track record of success, yes. This is his first movie. Well, I guess he directed Shaft, the newer Shaft in 2019, which... Uh, Looked interesting, but was not well reviewed by critics, at least. Okay. Um, but this is his first movie, other than Shaft, since 2016, mm-hmm. with Ride Along too. Yep. And again, this is a Warner Brothers movie, so there are 17 licensed songs in this fucking movie. Every <laughs> other second, there is a full. They just play a pop song in full, front to back over a scene because they can because they're like Warner can't fucking sue us they, we, they already own all this music we are a Warner <laughs> it's um, but fine I'll do honestly, it honestly the, the soundtrack it is good the, best the songs on it movie. are good ones pretty much yes they don't fit the tone or, or tenor of the movie <laughs> at all but mm. it's a wonderful collection of late 90s early 2000s hip hop yes um so one of the things so i'll start with the things that i 
I think they got sort of right, sort of. Um, well, I'll start with a bad thing, which is the the CGI. It's not horrendous, but they were obviously trying to do a Who Framed Roger Rabbit tunes in IRL, and just didn't. They didn't want to. There's a there's a term called um, swinging the lampshade, I believe, or like swinging the lamp, which originated in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, and was re- and referred to a scene in which there is a swinging lampshade overhead of the scene, which naturally changes the light angle every every fucking frame as the light source is swinging around the room, and they had to animate the scene and all the characters in it in real space with a changing light source, and coordinate all the actions. Uh, so swinging the lampshade is uh, a euphemism or a or a i guess a shorthand for doing a lot of fucking work a lot of good big detail work uh on a on an animated sequence and this movie didn't do that it had like weird gooby cgi things that were like shifting and sliding all around and they a lot of the camera shots in this movie were hey look hey look these guys are in the real life they're interacting with real objects and real actors which was again which was like um impressive when fucking gene kelly danced with uh jerry in the fucking like 60s in the king and i (laughs) or whatever dancing with the king that was cool this is this is 50 years later it's not it's not novel anymore guys um so um they get that wrong one of the things i think they get right though is the characters now, Tom and Jerry, they, they're mice that fight each other and, and cat and mouse, but they do kind of have characters. Like, Jerry is the dealer who will... He'll, he'll, he's your dealer, but he'll hang out at your house for five hours and just, like, play your Xbox and be like, yo, what are we getting for dinner? And he's he lives in, like... He lives in yeah, a, a double-wide combo. <laughs> yeah. Condo and he fucking like he eats like chia bowls. He's one of those guys who orders like fucking vegan chia bowls with like matcha powder in it. Like, he's one of those guys. And Tom, Tom's just like that dude you see on the street and you see him like running, like he runs in front of a car to try and get insurance fraud, but he's so bad <laughs> at it. And you're like, what are you, what are you even doing out here? Oh my god, their attempts at jokes with the fucking blind piano playing cat. Oh, he's not a blind piano cat. He's just a regular piano playing cat. Give me my money back. It's like, did I laugh at shit that stupid when I was a kid? I really hope I did. I I did kind of giggle at that because it was absurd. It could not have been this bad. And like, when you bring in, when you start bringing up, what's that guy's name? The the manager at the hotel? I don't know. Michael Pena. Or, oh, the, uh, the guy with the mustache. Yeah. No, who's the, the the like the I guess the protagonist? I guess you call him. Oh, the girl? Kayla? No. No, the the uh Pena. Michael Pena. The Latino Pena. assistant yeah. manager guy. Yes, yeah. that's Michael Pena. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about his boss with the mustache, but no. Um yeah, his I was cuz I wasn't sure who. We were trying to clarify. Yeah, no, not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> English. Michael Pena. For uh, me, it's never stops. Fucking people. It's never stop. Um, he his jokes were just awful. Like he, his heart was the not in it. Face since the into Twitter. I've I was like, never oh, seen an actor so clearly not want to be 
anywhere near the set. Now, people famously are like, Harrison Ford was like that in Return of the Jedi. Harrison Ford was like 100% invested compared to Michael Pena in this movie. He's like, I just, I need a paycheck right now. Pandemics made the work a little light. This should be easy. I'm only in like 20 scenes. Mm -hmm. He is definitely one of those actors that is, he's in things that other actors won't be in. Like that's where he, that's his niche. I feel like, because he was in like Ant Man, which was which is a it's a big budget like Marvel movie thing. But I, in terms of in the spectrum of Marvel movies, that one was kind of a filler movie. It was just like we need Ant Man. Here's the Ant Man movie, and Michael Payne is going to be in it. Like if you needed to make a, if you needed to make a new animated film, like a new Pixar film. And you just had to fucking... You had three days to get your cast. Michael Peña would end up in that cast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we have um, we have him, and then we have our, our main protagonist, Caleb, played by uh, Chloe Moretz. Um, and Kurt and I have had a discussion about this. Um, she's been in, in a few things. Um, but I, I maintain that the... I guess in part her performance, but also in part the director of photography and and some of the acting direction did not do her any favors because the two angles that they gave her was, all right, Tuts, we're going to shoot the camera right up your nose. We got to see those. The Orson Welles power angle straight up your schnoz. (laughs) (laughs) We, We need to see it fucking flare like. If there's like if I can't see into my own soul, which would be something if it were to accentuate her being upset, if she had like a hot-headed character and her nose flared when she was mad, it makes sense to use an angle like that. But she doesn't. No, and it doesn't. Um, and, and then it, her other. It, it also doesn't. <laughs> her other uh, angle that they gave her, another direction, is like she has two emo- Her other emotion in this movie is, all right, we need you to just straight bug eyes. Like, I need, I want to be able at any point during this movie to walk up to the side of your face with a croquet mallet and get a fucking sticky wicket with your optical, with your optical balls here. Like, I want full panopticon. Like, I want you to be able to see 360 with these fucking, these lookers of yours. And we're going to, and we're just going to, I'm going to get makeup and we're going to pull back your fucking eyelids so that your, your, uh, eye sockets, your fucking skull, we can see every every contour there all right it's gonna be great you're gonna be great in the movie we'll give you highlights go just go for it just be concerned at every point just like this was her face for for the entire movie just looking like like bug-eyed and like pulling back in just abject horror which might have been genuine they might have just been able to get genuine horror out of her by telling you you're working on the tom and jerry movie (laughs) Yeah, and I did not I did not like her her acting in this. And I I contributed most of it to the simple fact that she's probably not acting with anybody else and she's trying to act like she is, which has to be difficult. Like But James Marsden did a fine job of it in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Yeah. Hey, some people are better than others. Yes. But it's gotta be We're Bob not disputing Hoskins. that. Famous for I, the Mario Brothers movie, hey, <laughs> did a hey, fine job saying, of it. And who framed Roger Rabbit? It's I'm possible. Saying, I'm saying it's possible. You can I'm do saying, a better yeah, job. Fine. 
but I just think she's not somebody who's experienced enough to do it or didn't get the right coaching. Chloe, to do you're it. young. I don't hate you. I got no reason to I hate, hate you, but I, I I've got her. got a little Jay bit Scotty. of advice for you. Fire your agent. <laughs> I'm looking at your IMDb. Not a lot of not a lot of hits in here. Uh, I think she was. I think she got really hot with Kickass. Yeah, she was in Kickass. That's why she got she got put on the on the uh, on the radar of a lot of a lot of big wigs. She was in Kickass like, when she was ooh, like twelve. She's got three names. She's she's got an umlaut over her O. It's an E. In that it's last over. Name. Actually, or is it her first name? It's her first name. It's over the E. Oh yeah, oh yeah, over the Which E. Which I don't yeah. think Whatever. I don't think it's an umlaut if it's over the E. I saw a joke It's the eighth letter in the Albanian alphabet. <laughs> Great. Which represents the schwa. The schwa. Sure. Well, then she fucked up and called it an umlaut. <laughs> an umlaut. She called it an umlaut. Um, um, umlaut. So they, they all end up, so the characters end up <laughs> in this hotel. And hijinks, I guess, ensue. She cons her way into a job, I think is important. Yeah. Uh, place mm-hmm. yeah because yeah, she's, yeah. she's supposed to be this street smart capable girl and i guess she's fairly capable in the movie but nothing of consequence happens in the movie so it's really hard no. to assess her capability she just kind of is there for chaos mm-hmm. and it's not really even a lot of chaos it's just like it you know what it is tornadoes it is um Animal Tornadoes were not even a Tom and Jerry fucking... It wasn't even a thing. That's from different cartoons. Um, if you if you didn't notice, I I've, I watch a lot of Tom and Jerry. I know a lot about the series. I have, I've had the, like, the Master Collection on my DVD, and that was what a lot of my childhood was watching. Um, I will confess I'm not a big Tom and Jerry fan. Um, mm-hmm. I, I feel bad for Tom. Uh, Jerry's a shit. Tom's just trying to do, so, do his job. That's interesting. So my journey with <laughs> about, this is, with, along with that, like, yeah, Jerry's a little shit. He always fucks with Tom. But as you go on, you kind of realize that Tom's kind of a shit heel too. Like, he's kind of, he's not like a, he's not an absolute asshole. He's just kind of a sleazeball. Like, there's a, one of my, one of my more favorite episodes is the Zoot Suit episode, where he, like, <laughs> to, to get a girl who's, like, you're corny. You're kind. You're you, like he's got like the fucking parted, like slick down hair. And he's like, "Hi guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be." She's like, "No, you're, you look, you look like a fucking nerd." So he's like, "Okay, then I'll do a zoot suit." And how he makes a zoot suit? He just like grabs like a random like lampshade. He cuts out a fucking hammock, and he's like, "I stole your hammock, and now I'm looking fly." And it's in the whole jo- the whole like episode is a joke on like zoot suit people. And how their suits just look fucking ridiculous, and how they're trying to play it off as slick. Um, I don't think anyone's worn a zoot suit unironically since the 1940s. Yeah, and they were all mobsters. Well, I mean, that episode <laughs> did come out in that time period, so yeah, but they were all mobsters. So, so like yeah. that episode was was the Tom and Jerry, like it was the Tex Avery equivalent of looking like a fool with your pants on the ground. <laughs> um, it was that level of joke, and um. Oh, what what the fuck was I gonna say? Oh yeah, they stole all their jokes from old Tom and Jerry specials. Um, all like all those gags, like, all, like the hijinks. All those gags were yeah. fucking taken from previous uh, uh, shows. 
and like yeah i was gonna say because i remember a lot of a lot of what they were doing um from like old cartoons uh like the moving moving the mouse hole around uh and then the, the goose egg the that pops up everywhere else on his head tail. yeah yeah. yeah yeah um yeah. and i i kind of like that because it was like nod to the source material that's like the only tom jokes. and jerry thing in the movie like i mean it's repeating but yeah, jokes but it's a new audience yeah. yeah uh for the jokes and it's also like tom and jerry are barely in the fucking movie yeah this should have been like some kids movie featuring tom and jerry if they just came in like we're guest stars but it's not even a fucking kids movie. what kid is gonna care about the wedding of a fucking instagram couple with yeah, the or, with this himbo so himbo boyfriend and this this indian girl who has no character <sighs> <laughs> she has no character. Those two actors were the most phoned in. I was trying ever. to come and up with something other SNL than comedian. India to describe her, but, but that's literally that's your all only I have. <laughs> she locked. She had Indian, and that's mm-hmm. it. She's Indian, and Colin Yost doesn't listen to her. I thought for a second he was going to be like a gold digger, and she had the money, or her dad had the money. But I'm not even sure who has money in this relationship i think they're both just rich and colin the whole joke was that he just uh that he's really oblivious and he wanted to just go bigger and bigger he's like elephants okay elephants yeah i I think think he's got the money because he bought the expensive ring Mm. yeah that's what i thought but like i I don't know it was there were some times i was smart i was trying to give this movie more credit than it deserved i was going to try to do something (laughs) clever or smart with what it had set up it it didn't it didn't mm-hmm. do any of that, and it and it um it straight up misses the mark in terms of relatability because they settle for a small at the end of the movie um spoilers I guess they there's so the whole plot is they're this big famous rich Instagram couple is gonna have a big ass wedding in this fancy hotel and it all sets up to the climax of the wedding is the big hijinks everything goes wrong scene um which. It, it's not even it's not even a payoff in that way. We'll talk about that in a second. But after that, and then the the other makeup scene, which which again, this is all fucked uh, sequence wise. They settle for a small five hundred person wedding in Central Park with with all these flower arches and a, a live band, huh? Yeah. Settle. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So this is the bougiest shit. Small. Um, Yeah. So it's kind of weird, at the very least. Um, Let's talk about the hijinks. Let's talk about the the gags and stuff and the the it's not there. Like they really the the music uh, helped. It tried to tried to patch it over, but Tom and Jerry is very timing based. It's it's a very fine art. If you don't do the timing right, if you don't do the action, if you don't weight the actions right, it doesn't feel right. And when when your goal is trying to splice animated characters into IRL, uh, you're not focused on making the timing right and the weight feel right because your focus is on making the weight feel like, oh, he really did hit that wall. Look at those cracks in that wall. Despite the fact that... I was like, thinking that the entire time. Because I'm like, how are they going to make the environment react to them bouncing off of it? And it it looked kind of cheesy and chintzy. Um, it was a low effort. And also, job. 
I think if you took the Tom and Jerry hijinks in isolation, just what they did to themselves and what they interacted with them, even with the dog. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, it Spike, was it was there. Like that, it was classic cartoon violence. I didn't know how how much they were going to push that, but it didn't feel like it was toned down significantly. But from they brought when they cartoons. brought in IRL elements, like uh, like the, the 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 manager Michael Pena into it, and he was you know getting dragged along in the 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 tornado it was just like yes let's talk about the tornado because I that is lazy it. absolutely lazy. lazy 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 and it's a good it's a good portion of some of the hijinks when it's the climaxes it's old, it? and then miscellaneous <laughs> mayhem happens that's what that visual means it means that there is that's, visual that, that we are screenplay. for yeah. hijinks happens that was what was written in the screenplay and then it's like they got to to time to shoot that and like did you have anything for this and it's like uh, no <laughs> yeah and i can only imagine like actors reacting to this like having to react to okay guys now we all have to imagine that this all this crazy shit's going on and and they're just flipping over tables they have them on like robotic actuators and whatever and they're just like timing everything and you have to react to it in real time and we'll edit this all in post We'll add all this shit in at post because all those elephants, the tigers and peacocks, and and the, the the another tornado that was all in post, and it was yeah. just like, God, and I'm not buying any of the reactions from the people because they're just like, oh, oh, yeah, just mug oh, at the my, camera for five happening? minutes. We'll we'll find appropriate spots for your reaction shots. And that's that's when I that's when I turned it off. I was like, I. So the wedding is ruined. Their big fancy wedding with the elephants yeah. is ruined because they they relied on an old trope that I I had forgotten was a thing, where the elephants are supposedly afraid of mice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the Indian girl yells at Colin Yost and says, "You never listen." And then the wedding's off. And then she goes to JFK, and an uh an un- indeterminate amount of time passes. But she's still in New York. Well, Cameron and Chloe. I thought it was the next day. Like Kayla. they just think this all up in one day. I, 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 maybe that's the implication. But it seemed like they did a lot of like soul searching for it to only have been like a day. But yeah. anyway, Tom and Jerry they give Kayla the idea on how to how to fix this through charades, and Cameron's there to react to it because reasons. Bartender dude. Um and then they using the toys that Colin bought for himself because they want to make it seem like they're clever and they pay attention to their own script uh, they they successfully kidnap her her cat and, and lure her back to, to Central Park meanwhile they get updates from Kayla in the most disinterested I showed up to the recording studio for 30 minutes so there will be no second takes uh, movie tie-in video game voiceover during the climax. She's mm-hmm. she's going up. You're gonna take Lincoln Ave up here on the left. No, and that's that's too much emotion. No, you gotta go um, take go straight instead. Straight onto the Lennox. And then I didn't even bother to check to see if those were the actual streets you'd take from Central Park to JFK because I didn't care enough at that point. Huh. Um, but they lure it back, they get married, and then everything's resolved. 
and nothing of consequence really happened. None of the characters grew or developed any. They all just kind of start and stop at the same place. And uh, it's a waste of time. Don't. It's an hour and 40 minutes that you'll never get back. There's really nothing redeeming about it. I can't yeah. imagine a scenario in which it's worth watching unless your kids just won't shut up about watching the new Tom and Jerry movie. Then just turn it on HBO Max and go in the other room with your wife and have sex for the first time in six weeks because your kids never shut up about the Tom and Jerry movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you want more laughs and more... Um accomplished uh fil- show making rabbit no no i'm gonna say um you want more accomplishment in film making and more laughs and more hijinks just go watch literally one episode go watch the episode called solid serenade um because it has it has a banging soundtrack it has all the jokes and it has a live orchestra that they had to sync up to the animation of Tom playing a fucking upright bass and they had to sync that to the upright bass that the guy was actually playing. And it's, you know, it, it involves an amount of work and pull it off. Great. And it's lovely. And it's 15 minutes and it's literally what, how long was this movie? Like hour and a half, right? Hour 40. So hour 40, let's call it hour. Let's just call it hour 30. We'll be conservative. That's two four six so six so six it's one sixth of the length which means it's six times as good so go watch Solid if you want to watch if you want to watch a movie that features live action actors interacting with animated characters that doesn't suck uh who framed roger rabbit is out there on streaming it is terrific mm-hmm. um and uh yeah just don't watch this under any circumstances it's not worth it it's not even worth a curiosity watch it's it's really bad like you know as 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 this one reviewer from new york magazine uh writes you know you're in trouble right at the start when the pigeons begin rapping yeah (laughs) yep that's the if you don't turn turn away then just turn away then doesn't go uphill all right, so that yeah, that's that. That's all I want to say about Tom and Jerry. Thanks for tuning in to episode 252 of the Saturn Studs podcast. Join us tonight. Uh, Twitch TV slash Saturn Studs Divinity Original Sin 2 is the game mm. scheduled. We'll see how availability shakes out for everyone. Yep. Um, but that's, that's what we're playing right now. We're going to try to try to stick together more as a party so it's a little more cohesive and we make a little more progress in in the story of the game mm-hmm. uh, which i'm not even sure what our, our current objective is hopefully there's a journal to tell me <laughs> uh but yeah that's we're, we're having fun with that it's very dnd esque um mm-hmm. and it should be fun it's very highly reviewed and all that jazz um check out soundstuds.com Links to our Twitch channel and our social media, Twitter at Stud Saturn, all that fun stuff. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and party like it's 1995. Peace. Bye bye. <laughs>